Howdy. Thanks for coming along. This is the Evening Chores Podcast, presented by Adobe Owl Ranch. We're located in the high desert of southeastern Arizona, and the goal of this podcast is to provide some insight and information regarding raising livestock and potentially gardening in the high desert environment we have here, the arid desert type environment, which doesn't get quite as dreadfully hot as, oh, say, Phoenix or the surface of the sun. I hope you enjoy it. Please listen in, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you. Howdy. Welcome back. I thought I'd do a little update as I'm sitting here waiting for everything to... Well, I'm trying to get a, a couple of... Uh, uh, three different IVC totes cleared out, which I don't know why I was so worried about the number. I just looked over and counted them. So, you know, it's probably because it's, I've been doing this for like an hour. I've been out here trying to, trying to get the chemical, well, it's not even a chemical, like one had iron in it, which if it had all been dry, I wouldn't even worry about, but it had like liquefied iron fertilizer and it's just not a, yeah, it's going to get sticky, and there's going to be all kind. I don't know what kind of issues, so. They're all organic. Like, the the contents of all of these was organic, but it's a bunch of stuff that was caked on and kind of, uh, like a, I don't know, it was sticky. So I knew that the, it was going to end up, it was going to come out, and it's going to, like, clog up my, a little valve deal or something, so I've been soaking and swishing and spraying, and I probably should have just broke out the pressure washer, but I didn't, and, you know, none of them had much, but that actually kind of makes it worse, like if they were, if there's like three inches of, let's see, this one, like I said, iron, you know, liquefied iron, you'd want to be careful where you put it, but it wouldn't, you know, it'd run out, you'd be able to kind of rinse it, but instead, you know, like this one's got calcium in it. Well, I don't want to overdose my hogs on calcium, so I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm just sitting here rinsing it. And now, this one, the I got one draining and two others that are going to be soaking. I'm putting some water in the base of this one. In fact, it's probably almost done. Yeah. It's almost finished. Like I said, probably I should have just got out the the pressure washer. I need to use that on the truck. I'm, I'm getting an engine prepped to put into anyway, but... The thing is loud, and I just don't like dealing with it, especially it's about 8 o'clock at night here, and I get neighbors who are relatively close, you know, several neighbors, neighbors than a quarter mile, so. So instead, I just kind of rinse and swish and all that, kind of, you know, that normal kind of work. I don't want around picking up trash here, but. That's unrelated. So anyway, the the what it is that I'm thinking of is 
I'm getting this prepped so that tomorrow, and these may not go tomorrow, but this is the only time that I, I think about it. So tomorrow I'm going to throw several containers onto my trailer and go and get probably about uh, probably two ton between 3,000 and 4,000 pounds of, <clears throat> of well, grain. So I'm going to get some, some barley. In fact, I just did a, a video on this deal, which I post up on Go Wild. You know, and I really should build myself a farm account on there as well. I may do that, see if they allow dual accounts because my my personal life is not the same as the farm related stuff and it's I'm sure there are people that are interested in both and neither of the other or I guess in only one is an easy way to say that so and anyhow I'll post that video up on go wild it may go on to YouTube, I'll probably stick a link on it on Facebook. I'm trying to move away from Facebook to some extent. It doesn't do me a whole lot of good. So the and I'll put a link obviously on my website. But anyway, what I'm doing here is I'm getting these uh, what is it? Intermediate bulk containers. So these are, I think, 275-gallon containers. And I'll be honest, I don't have any idea how many. Yeah, 275 gallons, which is 1,041 liters. Random amount on both sides. But anyway, we've got these here. I've got quite a few of them. I'm, I've devised a pretty decent way of getting at least slick things like barley is slick right it doesn't stick together now a, a ground product is not slick it's it's cakey so the the slick factor goes down pretty fast when you start grinding stuff up but for now I have a, a relatively slick um, product and that runs out of these things kind of like it's almost like a liquid as it comes out so i'm standing over here next to another one seeing what was in this one boy nothing is what was in that it's amazing to look at the ingredients on these things and realize that there's they're just nothing which isn't to say that it's not harmful it's to say that it takes a very small amount of like calcium iron any of those kinds of things to make a difference when you're growing you know, plants or I mean anything really I and mean, obviously there's stuff that are needed for for protein as well you know if you're you know, standing over here next to these hogs but it's amazing the the small amounts that are in there. So 
What was I talking about? Oh, so I'm going to... If you have a slick grain, like I said, you know, which is... As opposed to a very cake type thing, you know, like a ground, like ground soybeans are extremely, they're very likely to cake. You can almost make them into a, a ball. You know, there's a lot of oils in those, and they, you know, they just stick together a lot. Difference between snow and water, right? One will cake and one will run. So, as long as you're getting the slick type of grain, corn, barley, milo, that stuff's practically round, so it'll fall out of a container. Any of those things, the these containers work great for. Now, like I said, the caked up stuff doesn't work so good, but I'm going to build myself a, a stand. I've been using these for several months to get mostly barley, because that's what I, I've got kind of a at-home experiment here. I want to see what barley finished pork is like so i'm gonna do that and hopefully it's good and so now i've got some experience in this and i want to build a, a platform that will put those containers on an angle so that the rather than everything settling evenly to the bottom as you withdraw from that spout side you don't know what I'm talking about, look up right now and just go and, you know, go to your search engine, put an IBC tote picture, and, you know, go to images or whatever, and look at the IBC totes, and you'll see where there's a little valve there. It's a pretty small thing, I think it's an inch and three-quarter inner diameter, and it'll show you what I'm talking about, and in those... You know, the, the barley or whatever will run out of them, but it gets to where it's kind of evenly dispersed along the bottom, or you don't have enough, I guess, headspace to push the grain to the valve. So I'm going to move my, uh, the, I guess the center of where it'll go will be more toward the front, because I'm going to put maybe a railroad tire into the back, maybe two. I'm going to kind of, it's going to be stable, but forward leaning toward the spout and it's going to, have to be up in the air a little bit so that the uh, I'm trying to tell this spider is a black widow I don't think so but uh, no that'd be the world's biggest black widow actually I didn't look at it completely off topic so it's going to be forward leaning so you can just go over and crack open a valve and the the grain will run out, and then just enough space to put a five-gallon bucket under the under that valve, so that you can fill. It'd be my goal to be able to fill two or three buckets at a time, and reduce the amount of time I spent standing around. At least, at least reduce the amount of time I spent standing around waiting for my grain to come out. So that's the. The plan for that. And then also, you know, if I could do this under a thing where I could move it without starting my back over time, would be nice. But this is the kind of short to midterm plan. Over time, what I'm going to do is I'm 
going to get myself a mixer grinder and set it up so where I'm from you know, back in the Midwest all the farmers used to have a mixer grinder so it's got a, a hammer mill for the most part so I guess some of them had a burr mill but most the only ones I ever saw had a, a hammer mill and an auger system so you could so you'd hammer the so that just grinds up the grain so you put your grain into the thing and it would grind it to whatever coarseness you wanted which I'll explain why that's important later and move it into this large like maybe three four I mean some are probably seven or eight ton I don't know these huge like onboard silos you know it depends on the ones you've got but some of them got really big the one we had when I was a kid was pretty small so you put your grain in it grinds it up then there's a auger that transports it to the top of this kind of onboard silo thing and then inside that like from the top to the bottom I guess you'd say there's a of the the silo there was an axle basically there's going top to bottom and it would rotate and on those on that axle there were blades so it would mix it that was the mixer part so you could put in different amendments so say you were grinding corn and you knew that you wanted to have whatever you know a certain percentage by weight of soybean meal so you'd lay out your you'd keep your you have that amount of soybeans that amount of, of corn and you'd be grinding your corn and dumping in soybeans also you know you kind of try to generally as I remember it at least it's been a really long time ago they would try to kind of put it in individually to reduce the amount of time I had to mix but just put it in there and I, I think that they what I'm saying is I think that they kind of tried to put it in generally at the same time but I don't know that that was required and I could be I, I should ask my dad like I said it's been 30 years since I've seen one of these things and so everything that I just said could be completely wrong. Maybe it was better to put it in. The I, who knows? Ignore everything I just said. But the point is it would mix it. So you could put in, you know, you, I don't know. I, I suppose ours was probably a one or two ton silo. It was pretty small. But say you wanted to have 10% uh, soybean meal, you'd have, well, that'd be... 3,600 pounds of corn and 400 pounds of soybeans and you'd mix it all or you'd grind it all and mix it and it'd sit there and it ran off a tractor PTO. So a uh, long story short of that is I'm looking for one of these things so I can bring it down here. It doesn't even really have to be mobile. You know, it, it can sit still. It might even be better that way. I'd either hook a, at least the one that we had ran on a 540 RPM PTO shaft, so power takeoff on a tractor. So you get a little gearbox and gear down a farm duty motor. You know, so if it was supposed to run on a uh, 30 horse tractor, you got to do a little math to figure out how to bring the to get your appropriate horsepower at that. You know, so your PTO horsepower, and anyway, there's a way you could do this, or get a gas motor and put on it. And because I'm not 
not too much desiring to sit here and run my little bitty tractor and tax it trying to make this thing run and it'd be super loud. An electric motor would actually make it relatively quiet, especially when it was mixing. And also it would let you run the the auger, which I'll get to. So the the point of having it mixed or having it ground is if you grind your feed you, you'll get a higher feed conversion in your livestock. It's it's kind of gross to to me to think about, you know, somebody pre-chewing your food, but that's basically what you're doing. So you grind up your grain, you give it to your animals, your livestock. They don't have to spend as much energy chewing it, and they don't chew it finely, especially like hogs. You know, they eat a lot of stuff whole. They can chew, but they don't, you know, a lot of the feed just goes through them straight. So, I mean, if you were eating a two-pound bowl of barley for breakfast, you wouldn't chew it all either. So, the... The point is that if you grind this up, you get a lot better conversion. So your your animals take a better percentage of that feed and turn it into weight gain as opposed to a whole product. You lose something, you know, if it's ground, it's not ever going to germinate. So for me, I like to have some seed on the ground to germinate and let different things peck after, you know, chickens mostly. But for purposes of the grinder, you, you grind it up, and you mix it, and then there's a, you know, it's an onboard bolt container. So there's got to be a, a way to pull that out. There's a, a large auger system that comes out of the bottom, comes up the side and has a little arm on it, so then you can, you know, the idea being you can fill a, like a, a trailer of some kind. So here, that'll be super handy. I would just run that, you know, put a little, probably a little bulk feeder on the back of my tractor or something and be able to go over and, and fill the hog feeders out of that. Or, in theory, I nearly broke my ankle just now, that's fun. In theory, I'd be able to pull it over and, you know, run it, run it straight into the feeders, never have to move it. Especially, like I said, if it had an onboard electric motor. <clears throat> Which it just occurred to me, you might not have to gear it down because I don't know if those. For all I know, on the inside of the mixer grinder PTO intake shaft, there's a thing that gears up from 540 to. Who knows? Yeah. It'd be real handy if it geared it up to about 1750 RPM, and then I could just find myself a, a big 220 motor and put on it. And, and run it off of a cord hooked into the main power supply. But chances are that's not exactly how it works. I'll have to do some digging, maybe ask a farmer or two. But anyway, then you'll be able to just kick in that auger. You know, you turn on your motor, kick on the auger, run out however much feed you want, and you can feed your animals that way. And it would reduce well, it would reduce a lot of handling on my part. I do a lot of carrying things back and forth. And, you know, I'm loading it on the trailer. I'm taking it off the trailer. I'm putting it on containers. So I put these IBCs up on a uh, platform so that you can get grain out of them. And then 
that's pretty hard to move because usually they weigh anywhere between 600 and 1200 pounds and you pull them off of there the way that I fill them and there's a lot of it's just they're, they're kind of set when you get them there so you try to put them where you think they're going to be useful but then sometimes you're wrong so it would be nice to have a thing which was at least somewhat movable you know if you could move it every couple of months and, and have it work out that'd be ideal now the other that's why I say the IBC thing is a short to medium range goal because I'd like to have one of these mixer grinders the other thing that I've been looking at is building myself a bulk wagon so rather than using these IBC totes to haul back and forth on a 16-foot trailer if I could build myself a, a trailer that would haul maybe that would be nice to be able to haul a little over three ton in one container you know one one large container on you know, a couple of large axles because it's not going to be nearly this long it'd be more ideal to then also you'd be able to just you wouldn't have to unload it <clears throat> you know if it was something that had a, a way where you could put a you know, a bucket underneath it or the base of an auger to fill your your mixer grinder any of that kind of stuff it would be ideal so I could pull it over you know the probably hopefully the other truck that I'm working on and get it filled and then pull it back and just dump it that would sure be a lot more huh, the dogs barking at it would just be a lot nicer than this you know you, I gotta pull it over there fill it which is kind of a pain because you gotta fill the each individual container and and not too full or else you won't be able to get it off and then after that, you got to come over here, start up tobacco, which I am thankful to have. But, you know, there's always some kind of maintenance going on before you can do that. No bummer. No, I can't play. I just dropped my phone. So, I record these on iPhone here. You know, you'd be able to pull it in and just, it'd just be there. You wouldn't have to then move it all over and you'd be able to pull it in and it'd be done you can just go to work the next day without having to worry about unloading the trailer for the next project <clears throat> in the meantime until steel prices kind of come back to where I hope they do I've got another trailer that'll hold one container so maybe I'll just oh maybe I'll box that in and make it a like a one ton trailer because then you could fill it uh, you know a little little fuller if you don't have to move them you can fill them all the way up to the very top and, and you wouldn't be able to get a ton in there but you'd probably be able to get oh I don't know maybe 1600 pounds tops probably depends on the, the grain of course but if you're getting like ground turkey feed, well, you could get a ton in it then. I got 800 pounds of it in a in a thing, and it wasn't even half full. And boy, that was hard to move. 
So think about that before you take off with your little car and <laughs> fill one of these things up. Because it can be difficult to to mobilize it whenever it gets put back. And that ain't the right word, but I just thought it'd be funny. So let's see. I think that's about it. That's planned for tomorrow. Go get some grain. Recording this day before, well, I'm recording this on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, so if I can go over there tomorrow and get grain, my my feed worries will probably be the remainder of 2021. And for 2022, there's going to be some changes around here. I'm going to reduce some stock and start probably doing more young stock sales. Also, there's really doubtful given the the listenership of this podcast but if you are in the southern Arizona region so I'm in Cochise County which is some people out of east might think well that's giving your position away but I'm in Cochise County which is a, it's a county the, the size of Connecticut as I remember which is if you're not listening from the states Connecticut's a state out in the eastern part of the United States so Cochise County is a big place, so if you are in the Cochise County area and you are interested in uh, <clears throat> especially chicken or turkey for next year, you know, if you want a Thanksgiving turkey, let me know before the end of the year and, well, you know, we can work out what that will will cost roughly I have I'll have multiple uh, sizes so it'll kind of give you an, an average of what you're going to pay for per pound and if you are interested in coming out and seeing how the the process works you know when you're in the local area sure we can work it out somewhere or another if you just want a turkey that's you know brought to your house it's also fine if you want to pick it up. Depending on where you are, I'm not going to drive to, you know, I ain't driving to Safford to give you a turkey. <clears throat> now, if there's 30 of you up there that want a turkey, then I'll, you know, I'll meet you at the community center and we can hand them out. But I'm not driving one guy a turkey up there. It's a long ways from me. <clears throat> so, you know, I'll meet you at Wilcox or something. Which, if you're not from Arizona, no, that made any sense anyway, but... If you are looking for a Thanksgiving turkey for next year, now is the time to put that in. Give me an idea of, of you know, kind of what size that you would like. And I'll give you an idea of kind of what it'll cost. A, a bird raised on the farm is going to cost a whole lot more than a bird raised in North Carolina and flown to your local Walmart. I will say that it's a different type of product entirely. So if you're looking for uh, that kind of a deal, I, you know there's there's just no way to match that price. But also there's no way for them to match the quality of what we're doing. So you know it's a, just like everything else in life, the trade-off. All of our animals here see sun. Well. If it's sunny out, they see the sun. So even if it didn't, then they just see the cloud. 
because there's none of them that are locked in a building ever. So they're given the opportunity, even if it's real nasty weather out, they can at least go out into a protected yard and see the outside and, you know, see the, so they're not, basically what I'm saying is this is not a confinement operation. They are, a, this is a different kind of a, a, a deal and this is, this is the food that I choose to feed my family, so I, <laughs> I recommend it for everybody else as well. As far as chickens go, if you want a, you know, a few chickens, let me know, and let me know what kind of, you know, what you're looking for. If you want whole birds, like if you want roasting chickens, or if you want, uh, I'm going to do some Cornish game hens next year, and if you just want parts and pieces, you know, whole birds cut up, that's fine too. We can do any of that, and we can figure something out. You know, I'm, not, I'm not in a position at this point to give you 5,000 chickens, so if you're a restaurant listening to this, well, maybe I'm not at, yet at that point, but I'd love to give you a, a sample at least and see what you think. And if you are not in Arizona... Or even if you're in Arizona, but say you're in the other end of the state, find yourself a local farmer and ask him what it would cost to get yourself, oh, maybe ten chickens or a half a pig or a lamb or a quarter cow, whatever, and start doing your grocery shopping in bulk and you get better product and... It's cheaper than buying it by the cut from the same farmer. I'll say that because we, most guys at least, like me, would rather, you know, I don't, I, I got a lot of freezers running, but I don't want to be, you know, I, I just don't have the, the time, what with my other job, to be here selling meat out of the freezer, which for, you know, any red meat I couldn't do anyway, given the legal situation. Uh, there's USDA has different regulations on red meat than they do on chickens and turkeys. So now, if you would like to purchase a, a hog from me, I can do that and deliver it to your favorite butcher, and then you can do whatever you want with it from there. Normally, they take it and wrap it up into little white packages, and you come back later and fill your freezer with it. But <clears throat> a bit of a joke that I hope everybody got. So anyway. Find yourself a local farmer and uh, yeah, buy something from them. If there aren't any, well, maybe you need to be one. So in that case, go and and start figuring out how to throw some electric fence down and and get a trailer or some way to haul some feed and buy a couple of wiener hogs or some turkey poults or some, I don't know, some meat bird chicks find something it's better food and it's a good time and there's nothing like it to you know, especially if you got kids boy I kind of feel like you're depriving them if you don't let them interact with livestock and nature and all that so anyway that's all I got for today I appreciate you listening to what'll be like 32 minutes time I'm done flapping my gums here so 
Thanks for listening. I'll catch up with you later on. Bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I appreciate you listening all the way through like this. And if you would, please share it out. You know, you can go right to the website. You can get the URL there if you're into the RSS sort of a thing. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify, you know, Amazon Podcast. There's all, it's all kinds of places. Oh, look at that. I just got caught a pig sleeping in the feeder. They're crazy animals. It's, it's a sleepy world here. Anyway, please go to those places, rate, subscribe, share. That helps the, the reach of the podcast. And, you know, it's nice to, on my end, I'll be honest, it's a little bit selfish for me, but it's, it's nice to know that I'm not just speaking into the abyss. Somebody's actually listening. So if you want to send a comment, actually if you want to send a comment that's more individualized, you can send it to eveningchores at gmail.com, and I'll get it that way. I appreciate you listening. Thanks, and good night.